everybody. This is Michelle. And this is David. Welcome to Expiration Date. Uh, this isn't going to be a full episode. We're just going to update you guys on some stuff that happened this week. Right. It's going to be kind of referenced by our first episode, right? Right. It's about Liddell Lee in mm-hmm. his case. On Saturday night, it's uh, Monday morning. On Saturday night, there was a press release that the DNA that they retested in the Liddell Lee murder case was not his. They retested the murder weapon and a shirt that was wrapped around the murder weapon and some fingerprints and all of that, um, none of it matched Liddell. And so I've reached out to Governor Asa Hutchinson, and I've reached out to Attorney General Leslie Rutledge just this morning, and I haven't heard back from them, which I doubt I will. But right. So it kind of looks like we definitely executed an innocent man, and uh, they're not saying that at this point. Most of the articles are just saying that there's an unknown male DNA because the blood that they retested on Liddell's shoe, they said that there was a moderate chance that it could be Deborah's, which isn't enough to convict somebody at all. Like it's that forensic, we're going to have an episode about forensic science and the way it's used in courts, but moderately connecting someone to a blood sample is basically double speak for it's not, it's nothing. I always think it's interesting when they say beyond a shadow of doubt and then are convicted on moderate information. Yeah. And just to recap, Liddell, if you haven't had a chance to listen to episode one, this is, we really covered it there, but Liddell was executed in 2017. He was one of four people that were executed as the state of Arkansas was facing uh, expiring lethal injection drugs. And so it was pushed through pretty quickly and that, that happened. Mm-hmm. And then one thing I want to make clear too, the testing that they did on this DNA was available in 2017. Um, it was easily done. Um, there were multiple large agencies of lawyers suing to make that happen. The state pushed this through. They did it on purpose. They did it with impunity. They did it recklessly. And it was wrong. And they killed people. And yeah, you shouldn't do that. When we read and the stories we hear is that there's a lot more interest in making sure that the the I's are dotted and the T's are crossed more mm-hmm. so than whether it's actually innocence or guilt. Mm-hmm. And I think that's a huge flaw in the judicial system. Yeah. And before the Deborah Reese trial, when they arrested him and pushed that through, they did convict him of one felony rape charge, which at the time, I did not know this um, when we recorded our first episode. When you're on trial for murder and they want to execute you, it's really important for them to charge you with a few felonies first and get those kind of pushed through. Mm-hmm. So even though the state swears up and down that he is guilty of these other things. They also swore up and down that he was guilty of the Deborah Reese murder. As far as I can tell from the stories that they're publishing, they are not, even though the DNA did not match Liddell, the fingerprints did not match Liddell, the hairs did not match Liddell, um, they are unwilling to say that he is innocent. Am I wrong in thinking that prior convictions should not play into current trials? Um, There's two lines of thought, right? There's the one that will build up a character of the person, right? right? Yeah. But it, that has to be supported. Well, I, you would say it have to be supported with evidence saying that the person did it. And mm-hmm. this is, you know, that. I think it would come more into sentencing and less into conviction of an actual charge. Mm-hmm. But the other thing is, is it's, and I think it was in Just Mercy book that I was reading that, that you let me borrow that, you know, you, juries can be biased in current or ongoing trials because of previous things. Yes. And I think that's, I think a lot of lawyers try to do that to help win their case, but I want to say that there's 
legal precedent to not do that. You just have to, and I don't know all of it, maybe something else to research late at night. Yeah. Well, and the, I think too, like the, like there was during like the Chauvin trial, there was some like controversy over whether they should include the settlement, the private or not private settlement, but the civil settlement that they gave the family of like 28 million or something. I can't, I, I can't remember. And yeah. it, it was something, it was an astronomical number and not that it was enough. Uh, Cause I don't know. Anyway. No, that's, and that's where it was. It came from that because what they, what the lawyers did, cause they used a civil rights lawyer mm-hmm. uh, in the Derek Chauvin trial was prevented the process, the defendants from painting a picture of George Floyd. And that's how a lot of police officers and other people are, Acquitted is because what they do is they paint the picture of previous charges and previous, what happens when you get committed, or, or previous guilt, whatever that's called. Oh, like past crimes? Yeah. Yeah. And so that influences them, but they weren't able to do that in the Chauvin trial, mm-hmm. which was one thing that made it different than a lot of the other cops that are on trial. Yeah. And too, like, just so you know, like this, like, I, like we talked about in our first episode, this huge production of putting a man on trial, pushing all this evidence through doing this. This is, this is nothing but public theater. 97% of the cases in the United States are solved through plea deals and pay to play. If you, you know, if you can afford to get your way out of it, like if you can afford to buy your way out of it, you can. Um, and if you can't, you don't, they went in with the intention of killing Liddell because of the optics of the case, because mm. it was a black man and a white woman and if you do any research into America's criminal legal history, that's a really important dynamic. Well, criminal history and social history yeah. and pretty much every dynamic, that's how that's how lynching started, right? Mm-hmm. It didn't even have to be proven. It was just accusations of a bad interaction mm-hmm. with a white woman and mm-hmm. boom, it was gone. I've reached out to Leslie Rutledge, the Attorney General, and Governor Asa Hutchinson. Haven't heard anything from them, haven't seen a statement from them. But what, what do you expect to see? You expect to I, see an apology? No, of some sort? no, I don't think they'll. Let it, I don't think they'll bring it up. Because um, I've I've googled it a few times, and there's really only like five or six articles about it. I don't think it's going to take off. But they better watch out because at least eight people have seen my tweet to them. So <laughs> coming wow. coming for you. It's like a snowball effect, right? <laughs> Maybe. If you are a listener and you have any sort of political power that you could wield here, do it. Um, the microphone's open to them if they want to come on the show and talk to us or if they want to interact with us about this story. I would love to talk to them about it and hear what they have to say. we got to get some journalist credentials. we got to find a journalist who has an enemy like, hey, 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 help us with this. Yeah, because I don't really, I just tweet, I just tweet at people or email people and sometimes they email me back. <laughs> yeah, that's the way to do it. Same thing for Tom Cotton. Yep. So, and I believe they have not, retested the only thing I could see this happening and maybe if somebody I know we have at least one listener that's a lawyer and he might be able to help to tell me what but I believe they only retested the murder weapon and the fingerprints I I from the way that the articles are worded I think they retested the shoe Mm -hmm. um, but I'm not positive about that so there's obviously more physical evidence in this case so the only thing I could see is maybe leading to a retesting of that but they did put the DNA in the database and expressed regret that it did not have a match. No regret on it not matching the man that they've already executed that I've seen. Was there any civil settlement 
that has come from this? No. Do you think that they'll pursue that? Uh, the ACLU is working with his sister, I mm-hmm. believe, Liddell's sister, to... I know the, the only reason that they retested the DNA is because of the lawsuit from the Innocence Project and the ACLU. So keep fighting the good fight, guys. Yeah, and I guess what is important to say here is that this is not a singular occurrence, right? right. This is something that happens between, what, 10 and 15% of people on death row mm-hmm. are are not guilty or innocent. Mm-hmm. And it's a lot of legal procedure that keeps them there as mm-hmm. opposed to the truth. Well, and as we'll talk about in our big episode coming up about how there's a profit motive behind this, um, the more people that are locked up, the more money it generates for these people. And so we're going to continue to see that until we get profits out of prisons or just stop having prisons in general to people who say like, Michelle, why did your Southern accent triple down in this episode is because when I'm really upset and I don't know how to process emotion, I get, I get real country. <laughs> and so I don't know why it's not something that I wanted to dig into really, but it's okay. if it bothers you, I'm sorry. I'm no. from the bottom of my heart. I'm real sorry. You don't, <laughs> you don't need to apologize for who you are. Uh, oh yeah, my goodness. My, my Southern accent tends to get stronger when I'm trying to go off the cuff and I'm upset. (laughs) And even if you are one of those people that wants to tell me like, oh, he was convicted of other crimes. Sure. But he did. That's not what he got executed for. He got executed for this murder. And there is no physical evidence that I can see that's connecting him to it. I mean, the physical evidence was just one of the problems with this case. Our first episode sums it up really nicely, and the Innocence Project has a whole section of their, they have a whole section on the problems with his case. It's very easy to go through. Right. And one thing we're not offering is solutions, just opportunities to be aware. And maybe you'll see similarities in the future of other cases or other situations that remind you of this. And and maybe that can be a call to action Mm -hmm. for you. That's a really good point. Because it's what we do with the information that we have how we make a better world from it. And we're not here to tell you how to do that. Mm-mm. You do you, but know that there's a responsibility in it. And two, uh, I wanted to issue a correction from our last episode. When I said that during the 23 days of the Derek Chauvin trial that 65 people were killed by the police, I've been digging into that number because I wanted to find out who those 65 people were, and I was incredibly wrong. It's not 65. Is it more? It's a lot more. How many? I don't know. Hmm. I'm going through day by day and uh, trying to find all the lists I can. What the problem is, is there is no database for police violence that's run by anybody with any authority to get body cam footage, to get statements from the police, to get, you know, history, to get information that they need. They don't have any backing from the federal government it's just journalists or people that are trying to document it so if this lands on you and you realize that this is not a just system and you want to do something about it beyond listening something you can do is help support financially these groups and these organizations that are trying to find the truth and trying to make that truth accessible Mm -hmm. you can do it through supporting the washington post who gathers the information on the 
daily murders by police. Can, oh, actually, one thing I do have to tell you is I've learned that the Washington Post, though 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 they are doing great work, is remarkably under documented. But do I mean do do look at that? Do get on there because that's what most people, most journalists use is the Washington Post one, the one that we've talked about. Donate to uh, bail funds is the best thing you can do. I think if you have some extra money laying around that you want to give, Innocence Project and ACLU are pretty well funded, so they don't really need. I mean, I'm not saying they don't need your funding, but they're pretty well funded. But a lot there's a lot of public bail funds that um, help people get out of jail. You can also support Expiration Podcast at our Patreon too. This is a, another opportunity. A lot of this information is is hard gathered, and any support, financially or otherwise, um, will help to get the truth out to a lot broader audience. Too true. If you encounter any police violence um, on the street, record with your cell phone. Stay six feet away. Say, I can legally record this. It is within my rights as a citizen to legally record this. And stay six feet away and just record them. And if they're, you know, and I mean, don't get in their way. You know, they're doing what they're doing. But if you want to help, take video on your cell phone. And be polite. But more importantly, take video on your cell phone. <laughs> And stay six feet back because they will, sometimes they will attack you and be prepared for that. Cause it, I mean, I could send you videos of it happening. I mean, I saw, I know we talked about this last episode, but I saw a few, at least two during the Chauvin trial where people were arrested or attacked by the police for, um, just recording on their cell phones, staying at a distance. So just be careful out there. Thanks for listening guys. Uh, sorry, this wasn't a full episode. I just wanted to get that information out there as quickly as we could. If you have any follow-up or questions or comments or you think something's wrong reach out to us yep you can get us at our email address expiration date the podcast at gmail.com find us at patreon at expiration date and follow our social media links that are in the show notes thanks guys